Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, AKA Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And I'm excited because today we have William, and I probably should have asked how to pronounce this, but I'm assuming it's LeBaron, William LeBaron from Monitor Base. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, man. What, what, uh, how do you spell it? I did it. I did it. Sweet, man. Welcome you did to the it. Show, man. I, a lot of people hit me with LeBron. It's like, unfortunately, <laughs> no, it is LeBaron like the Chrysler, not. LeBron, the superstar basketball player. So, um, man, well, <laughs> hey, man, welcome to the show. I was super excited because the topic we're going to be talking about today is something we don't talk about a lot on this show, especially. We talk a lot about how to generate new business, but um, I love the concept of of the of the business that you guys have created, which is how to retain your existing clients better. So, uh, before we get into any of that, uh, give us a little background about you who you are, what kind of got you into doing what you do now. So my name is William. I'm the vice president of business development at MonitorBase. That means I manage the sales and marketing team. So I've been with MonitorBase for seven years, but before that I was a loan originator, but it was really more of a direct consumer loan originator. So I wasn't your retail shop. I was smiling and dialing, taking inbound phone calls, making calls and you know, licensed in 20 states, just doing business across a across the nation for Streamline refinances. So, you know, past that, my background is marketing and advertising, uh, which is what I studied in college. So, uh, while I enjoyed the sales aspect of being a loan originator, when I transitioned to selling and managing the sales and marketing for a software company that worked with loan originators, it was a good fit of skill sets in the in, across my background, um, which is why I'm at the current job and and why I enjoy it. And I like, you know, obviously helping loan officers find business out of their existing relationships is where we specialize. What got you into the mortgage industry to begin with? Family connections. I had family that I guess my wife's family worked in the industry. So I was introduced to the idea when I was in college and I started, you know, they were hiring any loan off, anybody that was willing to get licensed with a pulse. Um, And honestly, that was the introduction, but I was interested in learning the sales aspect and learning um, an industry that had, you know, a, a pretty broad appeal going from college, studying advertising to try and find a place to actually apply some of that information that felt like one that was broad enough to be really useful and applicable. And obviously, you know, it's, it's a good field to make money and it's a, it's sure, you know, eat what you kill type of business. Sure. Sure. You know, based off of that, I mean, I got my business admin degree in college. So, and now I run my own business. So it's like, um, but it was like probably about 10 years ago. So I'm like, I, I don't feel like a lot was super applicable. Like, you know, they talk about a lot of high level. Do you Are you able to apply a lot of your uh, college level advertising skills to what you do now? Or was it? I'm going to say no. I should be more positive on college. I did well in college. Like I got great grades. I focused. But the truth is you, you generally had a, a set of people who didn't have a lot of professional real world experience yep. teaching principles and concepts and general approaches to things that again were probably written by people without a lot of real world experience so where some classes i was able to take that and apply it to what i was working on in general i felt like college was a great way to get out into the world get some exposure 
And frankly, sure. I, like the benefit I got from college was, oh, I'm actually pretty confident at what I put my mind to. And so it built confidence. It didn't give me necessarily a bunch of knowledge or even really applicable skill sets. I mean, you can you can take sure. that and extrapolate a little bit. You know, you learn discipline to follow a process and do that kind of thing. And now you can use that elsewhere. But I don't think college gets to take credit for that. Anyway, yeah, so. I think to a certain extent, I, I do believe it, it it creates a little bit of discipline because I know my first couple semesters, uh, I didn't do so hot because, uh, you know, you go from like high school where they're like, here's what you have to yeah. do tomorrow to like, here's a syllabus, figure out when it's due and, you know, what, when the tests are, when the papers are due, like, so that was the hard part. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't, didn't find a lot of super applicable knowledge that in the real world and even have to think about like marketing and advertising in, in this day and age, if you're using specific platforms, like those change from like week to week, month to month. <laughs> you're like saying, okay, cool. Let's, let's read a book that literally took four years to publish. So now they're telling you, you know, here's how to, here's how to advertise on whatever platform, but it's like four years outdated. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, that's uh, you know, side tangent there, but uh, no. So tell me a little bit about monitor base, what you guys are doing, uh, there to help loan officers retain more of their business. Cause that's really what intrigues me. Like I said, most loan officers are going to focus on today business, right? They're really kind of running down. Like, how do I get business today? How do I get business today? How do I get business today? And like, while there's some people that understand that the, the, the network or the people that they work with, like their book of business is so valuable. I would wager most don't, most don't really work them. So Talk a little bit about what Monitor Base does, and I know we can get into a bunch of details, but you know, yeah. Well, a, I mean, you said you you hypothesize that most don't. I think it was Black Knight in like September put out a stat that the average loan officer in just mortgage industry in general, and you can think that you're exceptionally outperforming this, but you know, there's just as many people underperforming as outperforming this stat. But um, only 19% of their past clients return to them for their next loan. Wow. That's their very next loan, not like they leave at some point in the future. It's, it's it, the retention rate is really, really low. So, our objective is to help loan officers capture more of those four out of five past clients who are going elsewhere. It's pretty crazy, but as for I don't know a decade or so that they've been tracking this, even with all the best CRMs and all the new tech that's come out, just for a decade, that number has been hanging out between nineteen and twenty-five percent. It just hasn't budged. And so as an industry, we still have a pretty significant issue in this area where, you know, one and done, close the deal, and then hope that, you know, a, a drip campaign maintains the relationship well enough that they sure. get back in touch. But it's like, I, I unsubscribe from drip campaigns. I get on a lot of loan officers marketing lists just because our marketing system, you know, we're talking to tens of thousands of loan officers. And so I get in all of their drip campaigns. And I unsubscribe because it's the same thing. It's not relevant to what I'm looking for, right? And and right. clients do the same. You, you know, too many newsletters, too much stuff that doesn't help them right now. They go elsewhere. They stop paying attention. And then when they do need your product, they're oftentimes a year or two years from having even seen anything from you. So sure. our approach, our technology is to try and solve or address that retention issue across mm -hmm. your relationships, you know, past clients and prospects and your CRM by giving you database intelligence on those people. So like, hey, Luke, William had his credit pulled for a mortgage with somebody else two minutes ago. You know, it's a credit trigger on your past clients and your prospects. I know credit trigger is kind of a bad word for yeah. some people. And, yeah. and I get it. Cause like, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they're 
trying to help a client and this person just gets hammered with phone calls, 100 phone calls from a bunch of lenders that are trying to steal the deal and undercut them on rate. But to us, recognizing that, we feel like we're the good guys of credit triggers because it's not just general population. It's your client, the people that know you and trust you, and it's helping you maintain that relationship over time. Beyond that, we we offer you know credit improvement notifications on your credit denial, so you're able to track that denial pipeline um, and re-engage when they are qualifying. We've got property listing notifications on your past customers, so when that person lists their home for sale, which is you know that one's interesting. About half of homeowners, when they start shopping for a new home, half of them start by listing their home, and the other half start by applying for a mortgage. So when you're talking credit triggers versus listings, it's kind of a 50-50, which is going to be the first notification. Um, that someone's in the market. And then we have some pretty extensive like artificial intelligence, um, AI and analysis on your database to find, we call them predictive alerts, but they're kind of predictive scenarios of the people that are the most likely to be starting the loan process. You know, whether that's a home seller, a home buyer, a first time buyer, debt consolidation, we're a data company. So we like, we take all this information of your database plus hundreds or thousands of other data points. And we're finding, narrowing it down to a couple that need your services this month so that you can focus your effort on those. It's like, you've got a thousand people here, the 20 or 30 that you should be focusing on this month because everyone else doesn't really need your services right now. These are the ones that are qualified and in the market. So does this system integrate with CRMs? Is it like, is it like a CRM that has an addition to that, these sort of notifications or does it not have outbound features? It's kind of like a notification software. It's a notification software. So we integrate with just about every CRM because of the nature of dealing with the data that we have access to and executing the compliance and the data security, um, there is only one CRM that I know of that's even trying to do some of what we do. The rest of them have like, they don't want to touch it. It's kind of a a mess to to figure out on the back end. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they happily integrate with us. We refer clients back and forth. And it's a very symbiotic relationship because if you think about it, that CRM, like our ability to say, hey, these are the ones you should be marketing to and they can take automation, execute that outreach is really powerful for them. And it makes the CRM look good. Um, and so it's a integrated complementary service to a CRM. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I just was curious. Cause I didn't know if like, this was like an all-in-one or if, if it was something where it's like, Hey, it just lets you know. Cause I was, I was actually the next question from that was going to be like, do you kind of teach people on how to, to actively use it? Or it's just like, Hey, you're going to get the notification. You figure out how to, you know, call your own prospects, right? Like you figure out how to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. We've got systems built for a loan originator. I mean, most loan officers are looking at it. They're like, well, okay. I know that Luke had his credit pulled for a mortgage, but how do I call without sounding like big brother? Right. Like, right, right, right. Like a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Luke, I have a credit trigger. Yeah. So we're like the only person doing the instant credit trigger. Um, And that sounds like an exaggeration, but it's like everyone else is calling the next day. Ask your clients. We're one of the first with this instant version, especially on your database. We're certainly the first. So you're ahead of quite a few people, but what it allows you to do is touch base and, and be more consultative versus like, hey, we have the lowest rates, try to win it back. But you're already at, already at an advantage. They know you, they trust you. Your phone number is in their phone. So when you call, your name pops up. The familiarity is a huge advantage. But you asked about training. I mean, you probably know as well as I do. You can't just give someone a tool set and be like, figure it out. It's right. There's too many moving parts of making an integration work. There's too many questions about how to script this, how often to follow up, what to do. So we offer live training resources anytime we're working with, I mean, a broker can show up and we'll do the full onboarding and training process with them. 
But for larger companies, we do pretty extensive training resources to get the loan officers set up so they are equipped to succeed, you know, with an exact playbook of how they should be following up, what they should do. Um, and oftentimes that's, you know, just us working with the marketing department to automate as much as we can. So the loan officer doesn't have to think about it. Sure. Sure. No, and I was just curious. Cause like I said, like you'd be surprised how many people are like, well, what, do, what do I do when this happens? We're like, you don't know how to talk to customers, but that's true. Well, like, I mean, like, well, what do I do in this scenario? You know, if you've never crossed a scenario, like, so it's yeah. like, you know, how do you call them? What do you say? Like, Hey, uh, I noticed your credit got pulled. Like that sounds kind of weird. Right. So like, I mean, maybe do you, maybe you have a scenario that like, how would you approach someone that did get their credit pulled by someone else? Like, Hey, I know I haven't talked to you in five years, but, uh, you want to do loan with me? <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Well, I wouldn't be surprised because we work with a lot of loan officers and, and I get it. Like you yeah. have that question. You probably have done a fair amount of sales. Um, our recommendation is really framework-based rather than script-based. So it would depend on who I was talking to, but I'll give you an example. Like if I'm just going generic and I've never talked to you, it would be, hey, Luke, this is William. And I would find whatever type, you know, connection we have. We did a podcast back in 2023. I don't know if you remember, but, and then I jump into my script. So I'm going to rely on whatever connection I have to that person. You're going to pretend like you didn't get a credit pool? No, I'll go right into that, but I'm just saying. Oh, you do. Oh, you do. The, okay. the most important thing isn't here's the secret sentence that you can say that'll sure. grab their attention and hook them. It's like, no, yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're going to do is reintroduce yourself, remind them of your past interaction. Then I'm going to say, hey, over here at my company, I have a system and it periodically pre-qualifies my database. Your name came up as someone who might be in the market for a mortgage. So I sent you a letter in the mail, but I just wanted to follow up and have a conversation and see if you were thinking about buying or selling. Right. Um, so I would certainly be upfront about it. I think it's useful. No one is confused about the fact that the credit bureaus sell your information to right, right. other lenders. Everyone's phone gets hammered. So at the end of the day, I think being upfront about it, but reintroducing yourself first comes across as customer service. Love it. Good client, uh, you know, relationship, helping them out versus like, I've been watching you and why did you go apply with someone else? No, I love it. No, it's important. I mean, you, you say scripting frameworks. I mean, we talk about frameworks too. In my opinion, a script is a framework. Like you never should read a script word for word, like, oh, yeah. you know, unless you're selling a $20 widget. But, you know, people start to get like a little like bent out of shape when you say scripts. So I, I see the aversion to talking about scripts because, again, people are like, well, I don't want to read something word for it. Like you never do. Like this is a yeah. word track, like use it your way, use it your own language. But I like the, the way you relayed the information in a way that, again, felt less intimidating. So that's kind of what I was getting at was like, you know, sometimes people might say that, hey, I got a tr credit trigger. Like, I, hey, I, you know, I saw that you got uh, your credit pulled. Like and I could see people doing that. Right. I, I've worked with enough loan officers and talk with enough loan officers where I, I know that that's like the first thing they lead in with because you just don't think about how creepy it sounds like when you're saying that. Like to you, it's normal, but to a consumer, like, what are you talking about? You know? Um, so I do love that. Real quick. So there's the credit triggers and the listing triggers. The listings, I'm assuming you guys have integrations and all the MLSs and things like that. Yeah. Just have a a way to just kind of track that down. Um, and then, so that's just same thing. Just sends them a notification. Hey, this person just listed their house. You should probably yeah. reach out to them type thing. And it's like, hey, the property on that we have on file for this person. Because, you know, listing triggers are a little different. They're not, maybe this is too nuanced, but it's like people that are associated in like your CRM 
with an address. And so we're saying, hey, the sure. address that you have on file has been put on the market. Gotcha, gotcha, it's a little bit gotcha. different. With the credit triggers, if, even if you give me a 10-year-old address, I can go find that sure. person in the credit bureau's data, and I know that they had their credit pulled for a mortgage. Right. Listing right, triggers right. are a little different because it's like, hey, the address that we think is their address is on the market, whereas a credit trigger is like, they are in the market 100%. So small yeah. nuance, but you know, maybe gotcha. I'm too used to <laughs> training Questions. people and making sure that's clear. No, 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 for sure. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, because, you know, they might think the same thing. Oh, if every every piece of information. But yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, and, okay, so you got that piece of it. The other side of it was kind of the predictive analytical uh, side of yeah. things. Like, do you find that this, there's a decent success rate um, with that? Or is that just a good way to get your foot back in the door? Even if they don't buy, it's like just a continuation of that. Or like, what do you, what do you see there in terms of the- Well, the there's certainly a success rate. I mean, we're a data company with the Bureau. So we have like, I'm going to say pretty much untethered access to what's happening in their credit profile. Mm-hmm. So when we're building a predictive model, we can go in there and say, what about this you know, particular pattern? Run it through the, the, the Bureau system and come back and say, hey, you know, 10% of those people start the loan process within 90 days. And that to us is kind of the, the minimum benchmark that we hold our predictive model to. When I tell sure. you Luke ha- had a predictive alert and he's likely to list his home for sale and be in the market to purchase a new home, we have to validate that that model is going to be right at least 10% of the time. Sure. And that sounds like you know not very accurate, but you've got to keep in mind only about 0.8% of your database is in the market every month. So if I can narrow that down from 0.8% to 10% accurate, because guessing is less than 1%, 10 times better than guessing. And so you've got 10 people, you've got to do a little bit of outreach. And one of those people isn't working with another lender and they're going to start a loan within the next 90 days. It's not that hard to narrow that down with some basic sales marketing efforts. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of our goal with the predictive model. And some of those are people gonna, that are going to sell their homes. Some of them are buying new homes. Debt consolidation is still happening, especially, you know, divorces occur. Doesn't matter what the rates yep. are. That person still has to refinance. So, you know, right, there's right, things right. like that, that we can see the pattern and we're finding um, what little refinances are happening and then some, some of that purchase and seller behavior. Sure. Well, I mean, that's at an all-time high, I think, right now. So yeah. I think cash out refis are probably going to be a thing here. Uh, if they're not already, they're going to be here a thing here pretty soon. And rates are, sure. are, are supposed to be coming down as well. So we might see a little bit of a, a bump here in the next you know, six, 12 months. But yeah, it's uh, been an interesting market. Uh, have you seen this be useful? I'm assuming so. But have you seen this be useful in a market like we've been in for the last 12 months or so? I'm going to say absolutely so. It was really difficult to sell our product in the year 2020 and 2021 because most loan officers, when you're oh, like, yeah. hey, we've got a product that's going to help you get more deals, they would be like, well, that's fine, but do you know anyone that wants to become a processor or an underwriter? Right. Because that's right. my real right. problem. So as the market has shifted, we've had significantly more interest in the product. So there's been a lot of growth just because everyone needs every deal that they can get. Um, And really, we have a really good history. We've been in business since 2007. And we have a good history of being able to document. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, like the lowest return on investment, lowest cost per acquisition marketing solution that you can really set up. I mean, I don't know. The highest ROI. Highest ROI, lowest lowest cost per acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like lowest ROI. Because, I don't know if you want to be yeah. bragging about that. <laughs> Probably should check I'm myself. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the truth is when you're talking about that, the only reason we're doing that is because we rely on an existing relationship um, sure. and we can capitalize on that. If you're yeah, trying to find a new customer, it's expensive. It can work, but it's expensive. Whereas, you know, flip that on its head, get more business from an existing customer. 
we're just helping people accomplish that in a really systematic way. I love it because uh, one of the things we talk about even in our program is like the point of going direct to consumer, which is a lot of what we do is to leverage that for future one, to get referrals back from that person that you close on the loan from. Yeah. Secondly, to refer these deals out to real estate agents, right? So those are two ways you can get business. And then the third is you got to think about the lifetime value of a customer, right? Like yeah. as a marketer, I always think about LTV, right? Lifetime value. What is it? Yeah. Like I, I'll pay as much as I need to up, up front if I know it's going to make me money on the back end because I know what the LTV looks like, right? And so loan officers don't think about it in that perspective a lot of times, right? They're yeah. just, again, looking at well, it as a short-term thing. And it's like, if you look at it from like, hey, these guys might do four or five or six lifetime transactions. And if you can, who cares if it costs you $5,000 to acquire that person on the front end? Because if you make 50,000 doing that over the, the next six transactions, like it doesn't matter. Well, the math on that is pretty crazy. We do data. And so like, I always have a, like a staff for that, but the average person does a transaction every, it's 11 years. It kind of depends, but but generally speaking, it's considered to be about 11 years. But during that 11 year period, you've got two purchases. And during that period, they generally refinance twice. So you've got purchase, refi, refi, and then a purchase. You're talking about four mortgage transactions over the course of 11 years. Wow. The loan officer mentality, generally speaking, doesn't appreciate the quantity of mortgage activity that is happening within their database. If you do that math now, the math isn't perfectly distributed. So, so everyone sure. needs to understand like you've got peak ripe refinance years and that's where all the refinances happen. Um, so it's not evenly distributed, but that means 10% of your database is purchasing a home every single year. And well, 9% and right, 9% right. of your database is refinancing every single year. So if you've got a thousand people in your database of past clients, there are going to be all right, 180 mortgage transactions per year out of that group of people. So I, I think we underappreciate just as an industry, how much activity is happening there. And it's ridiculous. Under you get 180 deals. That's all you have is a thousand people. If you have a thousand people in your database, there are 180 deals are coming every year. As long as you, as long as you, well, 180 deals are happening every, every year. So yes, all you gotta do is capture them. I mean, you're probably never gonna have a hundred percent retention rate, but um, if you can capture as much of that as possible. Well, if you could move that from our current 19% to 50%, then you'll be capturing 90 deals right. a year out of that thousand people, which is still pretty stellar, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's still pretty solid for most. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I think the basic stats, if you can wrap your mind around some of that, like how much activity is actually happening, um, most loan officers really, they look at it and they're like, you know, I'm probably doing pretty well as far as retention. Most of my clients do come back to me and I'll have people tell me, I don't lose any clients. No, they all come back to me. They love me. And it's like, hey, I haven't seen that yet. I've never found a loan officer that starts the system and none of their clients have their credit pulled with anyone else. It just doesn't happen. Um, sure. And generally, they're quite shocked at just the sheer quantity that is headed out the door every single month. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And even, you know, even the people that are doing it the right way, I'm sure are losing people. So having yeah. that little bit more of intelligence, right? If you still are doing your, you know, your quarterly or, or, or biannual check-ins, uh, like phone check-ins and things like that, right? Like you're sending out mailers for their special mm -hmm. holidays. You're doing all those things in addition to the automations and all that. Those people are still losing people, um, you know, because yeah. who knows, maybe their cousin you know, just got their license. And so they want to be nice and, you know, do that business with their little, their new cousin that just got their license, right? You know, things like that happen. So you're never going to retain everybody, but this just gives you that a little bit extra intelligence to be able to say, Hey, you know what? Like, let's try to capture them before their little cousin talks to them about getting a mortgage, right? You know, well, I don't know. we've got kind of a theory. We think 
that a lot of the automation is actually hurting response. Agreed. Agreed. And you can pretty well document it. It's like the more often you market me about that I don't need right now, like I might need the product in the future, but if I don't need it right now, the less responsive I'm going to become over time and the more I'm going to tune you out mentally. And then my Gmail account is going to really quickly realize I don't like that. And it's going to start deprioritizing. Eventually, it'll just end up in spam. And so right. I think a lot of people, they, they rely on that automation. What we're trying to, I guess, retrain is look at it as a, okay, you need to be in touch less than you currently are. But when the time comes and they are in need of your services, they meet one of the predictive models, they have their credit pulled, go all out. Phone call, text, send a personalized video, do what you can to re-engage. And you'll find out that you'll actually have really good success re-engaging them then because they're happy to hear from you, especially mm -hmm. if you haven't bothered them to that prior to this. So sure. I don't know, like I haven't gone and returned to my previous loan officer because I forgot their name. Now, I agree. Me too. I, I, I did a, I did a loan with someone well, back when I worked in the mortgage industry, like, I don't know, it was a call center guy. I mean, I worked yeah. for a lender at the time. So I just used their call center and they gave me a yeah. discount, but same exact scenario for the life of me when I needed to refinance, like 14 months later, I could not remember this woman's name to save my soul. Could not searched it in my email, gave up, called a different loan officer. And maybe that would have been solved with automation. But even then, if you're talking about a three-year window, I would have unsubscribed by the end of month 11. I wouldn't have been getting her emails three right. years from then. So anyways, that's kind of- Yeah, my... because usually one, the automation is super kind of lame and- Oh, yeah. Just super generic. And you know, like you said, like if you're talking about buying a home and you just bought a home, like why would I want content about buying a home being dripped to me? So unless someone is like super smart and has some sort of like cool way of doing- um, you know, we do long-term automation and stuff like that, but mostly that's for leads that have opted yeah. in that just went cold. Right. So those are people that theoretically are still in the market. Yeah. Maybe they bought a house that we didn't know, but, um, you know, that makes more sense when they've, when they've told you they're in the market, but when they've already for done sure. the thing, like put that on its head, it's like a lead is fine. You're doing sure. what you can to create a relationship and create an engagement. Take someone that you worked really close with on a mortgage, which is a pretty in-depth process, you know, uh, no, it's a pretty simple question. Have you recently filed for bankruptcy? Are you married? How much money do you make? Like, it's not simple questions. You're asking these people like everything yes. in detail about their life and then making them document it. It's pretty in depth. Um, but then after you go through that, which I think creates a pretty close relationship, if you really quickly delegate that relationship to an automated system, you're telling that person how you feel about them. Like if you get a happy birthday text message from me one year, from now or whenever your birthday is, right? You'll be like, oh, that's crazy. William thought about me. Right. But if the next year you get the exact same happy birthday text message at the exact same time, what will that say about our relationship? Mm -hmm. We hear it all the time. People are like, oh, I just, I just want another way to just close more loans from automation. You're like, that's not how this works. Like you have to freaking like pick up the phone and talk to people. Like you don't yeah. like deals just don't fall on your lap from automation. That's not a thing. Do they help you start no. conversations? Sure. But do they close? So it's funny that you're talking about this even on that side, because it's true. Like, I mean, a lot of times people want to try to delegate the hard part, but like the reason you get paid four or five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand $10,000 a deal is not because you freaking use automation to close deals. Like no. that's not the point. Well, it's like you build a relationship and you can destroy the relationship with automation or you can use automation to your advantage. And then when the time comes, it's like when it's their birthday, make sure that you're sending a video that they know you recorded just for them or sending a text message that they know you typed out. If that text message or that email or any of it looks pre-programmed, all you're telling that person is, I decided that I never wanted to have to remember your birthday, so I relegated it to my 
marketing department. Right. That's how much I care about you. And, and it's the difference between, hey, like, wow, that person actually remembered me to like, okay, well, at least I know where I stand. And yeah. I'm not being petty. I think like that's actual, you're telling that person some stuff. And, and it's not what you think it is when you go and rely on your CRM to solve all of those things. But no, those are people that you know and that trust you, that you've helped with a really challenging thing. And if you personally reach out and send that text message, that will be shocking because nobody does that. Everyone relies on automation. Well, and, and like I said, like I was going to say was a little hack for anybody who's you know listening to this is like, what you can do is like get a notification that it's their birthday and then text the real estate agent and say, hey, Mr. Real Estate Agent, it's Johnny's birthday on Tuesday. Make sure you call him or text him. Right. Yeah. So now you're doing two things. You're one, you're calling or texting this person manually. And you're also notifying your real estate agent to work their database as well. Hey, let them know. And then you look like a rock star because you're letting them know. So yeah. two things at once. Like, hey, I'm I'm thinking about you. I'm working your I'm working your leads too. Um, working your database, um, which is pretty cool. I know you said you had a whole bunch of stats for us. What does monitor base on average like what what's kind of the the averages in terms of uh increases once they start working with you? Well we kind of struggle with the same things every other company struggles with, which is adoption. So we do have big lenders that they'll implement our system. You know, they sign up every loan officer, but not every loan officer takes every alert. In fact, most loan officers don't do anything. They let our system notify them. We send a letter and an email out because that's kind of the compliance part of what we do. To who? To the consumer. So when you have your credit pulled for a mortgage, you're going to get a letter and an email from that loan officer. Gotcha. Help me understand what that means. Sorry. Yeah. So like if you've gotten a credit card offer in the mail, which I bet you, you got one this week, it's because yeah, American Express bought your credit information and they sent you an offer. American Express doesn't get to buy your credit information out of curiosity. They have to send you that offer. Oh, wow. Now they're going to use that information to market to the right set of people. This is no different. You know, if you're getting an offer from a, a mortgage company, it's because they went to the bureau, they bought your credit profile and they sent you an offer because you look like you're in the market. So we're doing that. We're buying your credit information from one of the bureaus. We're telling you they had their credit pulled for a mortgage and they had met one of these models. And then we have to send that offer out to make it legal that you got access to their credit without their authorization, right? So that's kind of a pretty crass way to describe it, but that's the truth of like what's happening with every credit card, every mortgage company that's doing direct mail. They're buying credit information, they're making an offer. So we do that on your own relationships. So we say, hey, Johnny just had his credit pulled for a mortgage. He's in the market. So here's that information. Here's his credit profile, FICO score, debts, everything. Like you get a credit profile. And then we're going to execute an, an email offer to Johnny and send a mail offer to him as well. So that you make On sure- On behalf of the loan officer. Gotcha. Yeah, so, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to kind of like understand that. that set. I'm like, are you guys sending it yeah. or is it coming like on behalf of, of them? Right, no. So we're sending it on behalf of the loan officer. If they call the number on the letter, it rings right to that loan officer's cell phone. Awesome. If the client opens the email, the loan officer can get a notification. The client is looking at that offer. They can uh, reply to the email, goes right to the loan officer. So it's all just on behalf of the loan officer. And then we're done. Like that's the that's extent valuable. of our CRM. Yeah, but that's super valuable. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? Well, we hadn't talked about the offer. So um, yeah, no, right. the, the notification that they're looking at the email is super cool. And that's narrowing down. So like 10 people are in the market or it meeting one of the predicted models, five of them opened your email and looked at it and you got notified as soon as they did. So like if I'm narrowing down the 10, I'm going to start with those five as the ones that are voluntarily engaging the marketing that I sent them. So is this only for when, the, when their credit is pulled by someone else or is this also you're talking about in the predictive model? 
it's predictive model, credit improvement model, or credit by someone else model. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So anytime you guys get the notification from that data or whatever, when any time that pulls, then you have to do that. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Uh Uh-huh. Gotcha. So you're actually, I mean, you're actually putting out stuff for them that could theoretically get them um, some return on there on top of the fact that, you know, if they do their work, if they actually call the person, they're probably going to pull a few extra deals as well. Definitely not theoretically. Like we document that 5% of the notifications we send get a phone call of the client calling you to talk about that, which is right, right, right. pretty insane marketing response to have. Yes. You send 100 letters and you get five inbound phone calls. It's funny enough, the whole thing that got me talking about these letters was, was you asking like about loan officers taking action and what that looks like. Right, right. Our biggest struggle is that the average loan officer, and we've got more than 10,000 loan officers using our system. The average loan officer answers the phone 40% of the time. When we find someone who's in the market for their product or likely in the market, we send them a letter and that client, that person picks up the phone to call them to talk about a loan. Only like 40% of those phone calls even get answered. So our struggle isn't trying to get loan officers to pick up the phone and call as much as it is trying to get them to answer the phone when someone calls them. So like you asked, like, you know, how are people working it and what the performance metric is? It's like, we have good performance metrics. We've got great cost you know, cost per acquisition. And we document that even for the loan officer who only sometimes answers his phone, your guy that pays attention, they're going to spend less than $100 to fund a loan using our system. The guy that isn't paying attention is, you know, might spend $250 or $300 to fund a loan, but he answers the phone only 40% of the time. So I I don't feel like that's completely on us. Um, 250 bucks, 300 bucks for anybody listening is ridiculously cheap. Um, if you talk, if you talk to any direct consumer, like they're looking at 1500 to 2,500 to acquire a loan a lot of times easily. Um, and it's not scalable, right? Like no one can go out and build their whole business on retention. Sure. Of but course. Of course. If you're trying to grab an extra couple of deals here and there, cause that's, what's going to hold you over for a year. I will pretty much guarantee you're not going to find a better way than retention of your existing relationships. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a big gap in that space. There just aren't a lot of loan officers retaining most of their business. And there's more activity happening than most loan officers give it credit for. Well, and you can also leverage, I mean, we talked about it again, like you can take that person and hand them off to a real estate agent if they haven't already listed, right? But if they're just kind of in the market, they're kind of looking around like, all right, well, now I have a referral for you, Mr. Real Estate Agent. Or if it's a real estate agent that you had already worked with, you could just hand it back to that same person and say, hey, look, I I helped you retain this person. huge strategy of one thing that's interesting is realtors can't buy this data because it's credit data, because that offer has to go out. We talked about a realtor can't show up and buy credit triggers. You can, so you could actually partner with them and say, Hey, if you want, I could take your data, monitor it, get this kind of notifications, re-engage them and and refer them back to you. Uh You can't like pick up the phone and call the realtor and say, Hey, call Steve. He just had his credit pulled. That's still, you know, even though there's no paper trail, you're still sharing credit data. You can send the letter, you can send the email, you can automate your marketing. And as soon as they engage, you can refer them back to the realtor. Um, right. So you can actually- better anyway. It's certainly better. Like if you just send send the realtor the deal every day, the realtor is going to ignore it and they're not going to do anything and they won't get the value anyways. So right. if right. you can make that connection, there's there's a very good strategic play to be able to be the person that gives the realtor access to this data because their retention numbers aren't better than yours. They have a transaction every 10 or 11 years for most people. You have one every three. And so they have a bigger challenge than you do in staying in touch over that period. And if you can provide that service, it's a big value add. 
And this is a, a software that is sorely needed in this space. And it's funny. I mean, not funny, I guess it's not funny, but uh, it's interesting that the same issues that we come across are the same issues you come across with yeah. what you do. And you would think like, I mean, we're dealing with mostly cold leads, right? Like these are people that don't know, like, or trust you, right? Like you're, you're talking yeah. about people not answering the phone for people they've done business with, right? Like, so, so that yeah. blows my mind, um, you know, and, and for anybody listening to this, there's a guy, Todd Bitter, that always talks like, pick up your phone. You're going to get, pick up so much business if you just pick up your phone. And it's true. Like, I mean, your salespeople, you either have to pick up your phone or you have to figure out a process that your friend, your phone gets picked up at all times. And there's honestly, yeah. there's services out there that'll pick up the phone for you. That'll basically be your assistant. And it's like super yeah. cheap. It's like 150 bucks a, a month or something like that for someone to like answer phone calls pretty much. I don't remember the number, but it's like somewhere around there, like somewhere super cheap so for someone to answer the phone for you pretty much 24 seven. Um, mm -hmm. And then just forward you the calls and take a message. Set up a calendar. Like if you're reaching out and you can't reach me, hey, can I set up a time? You know, William's busy. Can I get a time and he'll call you back at this time or you'll meet? Like yep. that kind of thing. It's crazy. The amount of business that just is gone. Because if I call you and you don't answer and you don't call me back in the next five minutes, Make I'm probably months. not going to call you again. Yeah. And that's the reality of what the data shows when you analyze any of those campaigns. You've got five minutes to get back in touch with that person or your chance is almost zero of re-engaging them. So going off of that, um, I typically like to end and wrap up the show with one strategy that loan officers can implement to make more money today, right? Or to, to go out there and go get more business. What would you say? I mean, I think we've kind of already talked about it, but do you have anything specific around, you know, even around using your software, like how the best, how to best implement it? We've already talked about the software and I think that is a good strategy, but I would say in general, whether you have a software, our software, a software like ours, or don't use any kind of software or business intelligence to find opportunity. We as an industry underestimate the amount of opportunity in that set of people. I think if you're talking about ways to grow your business, there are three of them, find more customers, make more money per customer, get those customers to purchase more often. Mm -hmm. Those are the three ways. You're not likely to make more money per customer right now. And we're all struggling to find more customers. So I think your lowest hanging fruit is in some way or another, whether that's business intelligence, some sort of marketing, picking up the phone and calling, texting, doing some level of engagement, connect with them on Instagram and Facebook and like their children's posts, like something. Get in touch with those right. people in a way that you're back into their sphere. There is more opportunity, more activity happening inside of your contacts and your relationships and your past customers than most of us give credit for. Go do the math. The purchase activity may be down 50% of what it was in 2021, but that was pretty crazy purchase levels. Sure. You're still talking about, it's about 1% per month. It's just a little under 1% per month are in the market for a mortgage. It's a crazy number of people. And if you're not capturing 10 people out of your thousand phone contacts, that's how many loans are happening. So I think looking internally at what activity is actually occurring and coming up with ways that you're I don't know. We look at it and we're like, oh, that person must not need a loan. They're not replying to my newsletter. No, right. I mean, that, that lead must not need a loan. They didn't call me back. It's like, no, they probably do re-engage, put the effort in. There's a lot of activity happening. Yeah, call the leads. Call the leads, right? Yeah, you know, call pick the up leads, the phone man. and call the leads. I'm wearing a shirt where it says call the leads. It's funny we're talking about this, but it's true. Or, or at least pick up the phone, man. Like at least pick up at the least answer. Phone. Yeah, <laughs> anyways, I don't know. Maybe that's not a super actionable strategy, but I think as a mindset, as shifting our 
thoughts of how we think about it. We miss a lot because we assume that nothing's happening. It's like, no, there's a lot happening. There's a lot more happening under that surface than you realize. I think the actionable part that you talked about is picking up the phone. So just coming up with a a reminder sequence, like maybe calling them twice a year or something like that, or, or making sure that you call them on their birthday, or at least send them a video text on their birthday. And then the other thing you talk about social media right now, social media is such a powerful tool to stay in front of people without being inauthentic with those stupid marketing messages that you send via email. Like you can share who you are, what you do. You can talk about mortgage. You can talk about your family. You can talk about things like that. And people are more likely to want to do business with you anyway, uh, because like they start to feel like they know you as well. Cause you've already kind of got to know them right at that point. So you did have some tangible things there. And I, and I think using something like data, uh, to support that is great. It's not necessary, but it's, it's a great tool to, improve your results greatly. So love it. Love it. If someone wanted to, to learn a little bit more about monitor base or you or whatever, connect with you, where's the best way that they can do that? That monitorbase.com. We used to struggle when you looked up monitor base, pulled up some YouTube videos about mounting something to the bottom of your computer monitor. But now if you Google <laughs> monitor base, we will be at the top of the list. You'll find us pretty easy. And that's a great way to, to learn more or connect with me on on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm happy to uh, have you in my network and I'll see your social media and you'll see mine. If you guys want to learn more, that's a great place to uh, get some more information. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for for being on the show. Uh, it's been awesome. I think I learned a ton uh, because like you said, I mean, you dropped a lot of knowledge on us in terms of the numbers, the actual tangible numbers of, of you know, 19%, right? I think you said 19% of people... Mm-hmm don't do business again with the, their loan officer. So that's well, just like, the opposite. 19% do 81% right. don't. Yeah. So that's what I meant to say. Yeah. 19, yeah. <laughs> 80, 81% of your past clients are not doing business with you again. So if you think about that, like, wow, how can you capture, like you said, 50%, 60%, 70%, like you're just going to make a ton more money, help a lot more people and uh, not have to always be on that uh, sort of uh treadmill of, of just having to get business over and over and over again, because you have a consistent way of, of, you know, working with people that already know who you are. So I love that, man. That, that was a big eye opener for me. I always knew, obviously for as a marketer, I always knew the lifetime value, but to kind of know, you know, those numbers every 11 years, I do another kind of purchase transaction. So every three years is really how often. So for loan officers, I mean, if you're in the career for 20 years, that means like you're getting what that's eight transactions in 20 years. You could get from one yeah. person pretty much. That's yeah. insane. Unbelievable. But... Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much uh, for being here. And for everybody who's listening to this and you're, if you're looking to flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to flip the status quo.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the loans on demand podcast on loans on demand podcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.